When you were a kid, did you look forward to growing up? Although we long for maturity, there are some, like the woman in today's episode, who grew up way too fast. But does this maturity really grow us? Or does it stunt growth? Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. That includes sound effects. Just a heads up, folks, the content in today's episode may not be appropriate for our younger listeners. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a woman whose disturbing childhood launched her into a shaky future. But we'll see just who could steady her path on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Rita Branton. Let me go, Jim. Not a chance. You don't want to do this. What? You're going to light me on fire? Jim, Jim, don't do this, Jim. Jim, you're going to go to jail forever. Oh, where are my matches? Come on, Jim. Baby, baby, I love you. Don't do this, please. I'm begging. We often wonder what causes anyone to turn as wild as the woman in our story. Most commonly, insecurity, a sense of not belonging, of failing to be accepted by others. There are other influences, of course. The influence of other people. Economic pressure, too. We'll find out what driving forces there were in this classic true story of Rita Branton, right now on Unshackled. I was born in 1945 in a small town in Illinois. The story of my life could be summed up as too much, too soon. At four years of age, I was molested, which may or may not have set the pattern for the years ahead. At six, I became a petty shoplifter. And by the time I was 11, I was sitting upon a bar stool with the guys. Hey, Willie, bring us a couple of beers, will you? Beer's all right with you. Sure, I'd like one. Couple of brews for a couple of stools. Hey, girly, you old enough to be drinking? <laughs> what? Sit up straight, baby. Convince the man. Do I look like a kid to you? Nah, you're no kid. Here's your beer. The guys I had dated had no idea just how young I really was. Most weren't the kind to care as long as dating and taking advantage of me didn't land them behind bars. I can't say too much about them taking advantage of me, though. It may have been the other way around. I was wild, leading an unbelievably destructive life. At an age, my schoolmates were selling Girl Scout cookies. The last half of the 1950s, my time was divided between doing drugs and trying to find money to do more. I didn't care where it came from. I even stole from my own mother. Oh, I can't believe it. What's that? That envelope with our grocery money for the week is gone. Ah, uh, probably just misplaced it. Is that what you think? Sure. Things get lost all the time. I've never lost the envelope before. Did you take it? No. I want that money returned. 
right now. How can I return what I don't have? What? Did you have something better to spend it on than me buying groceries for our household? I didn't take it. I promise. You know what incorrigible means? What? It's someone who refuses to be corrected or change their ways. What? You're saying I'm like that? 110%. Mom was completely right, of course. Once I had my mind made up, I wasn't gonna allow anyone to tell me what to do, which is the exact mindset that led me to ditch my family and take off when I was 13. For the next three years, I was constantly on the run, even getting married as a teenager. We hitchhiked across the continent just for kicks. There were kicks, all right. Everywhere I went, there were kicks, and some were painful. The word for that marriage is violent. Once, he tied me to a stock car, poured gasoline all over me, and searched for a match. Miraculously, he wasn't able to find even one. I attempted suicide several times just to get out of our brutal marriage. But that was before I found out I was pregnant. When our child was born, I was declared an unfit mother. I was scrambling to get my daughter back. So, without funds for a legal fight, I turned to my new boyfriend. Oh, Rita, if I had any money, I'd give it to you. Look, what I need is a lot of money. If I fight this thing, I'm gonna need the best lawyers I can get. Those guys don't come cheap. Without a lot of front money, they don't even take on the case. And that goes double with anyone as well-known around here as I am. Where am I gonna find that kind of dough? Hey, I got an idea. Yeah? No, you, you might not like it. Will it help me make a big buck? Yeah. How big? Maybe a grand a week. A thousand? You're not talking about a job, you're talking about a profession. That's right, the profession. Baby, with your looks and being only 18, if you go to Chicago, you can make the kind of money you need. Yeah. You're not mad? No. I'm a big girl now. It's time I stop giving things away. In Chicago, it didn't take me long to make a connection. Have a drink, sugar. You got it coming. You mean I've earned it? Mm, not yet, but you will, baby. And you understand we split the take. I know. Which is fair, see? Because I've been taking care of your clothes, apartment, meals, everything. I'll watch for the creeps and filter them out before they have a chance to meet you. You get busted. I will be there to bail you out. You think I'll get busted? I shouldn't. I got a pretty good setup here. But if there's a mistake, I'll get you out. <laughs> okay. Good. I want you working tonight. Let's get out of here. You got a street to walk. That first week of prostituting, I did make money. So, I thought I really had made a wise choice. Boy, was I wrong. Let's sit down and have a drink. We got a few things to discuss. Here? Why don't we just go down to the bar? Too noisy. Okay. This stuff's expensive. Nothing too good for my best girl. I'm glad you know that. Yeah, here. Thanks. Aren't you having one? I guess so. Short one. Short it is. Well, I had a few a while ago. Uh, here, ready for another? I guess so. Here's looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, too, as long as I can see. 
Are you trying to get me drunk? Ah, uh, just enough for a celebration, that's all. My thousand dollar take this week certainly should be celebrated. Yep. Have another drink. I woke up the next morning with 99 cents in my purse. I was no nearer to having enough money to pay a lawyer than I had been when I first came to Chicago. And there was no one I could complain to, except the one who'd gotten me drunk and taken the money. Where's my money? In my safe, to be exact. Why'd you take it? It was my share of the money. <laughs> you didn't think you'd get to keep your first week's take, did you? I absolutely did. I earned it. Yeah, well, there's a lot of expenses connected with getting you started. After I get my investment back, then you'll get to keep your share. That's not fair. I call the shots. That's how it works around here. But it wasn't our agreement. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Call the cops? Get a lawyer? Take me to court? You're a rat. Listen to who's calling me names. Now shut up, take care of your hangover, and get ready to work tonight. Folks, we'll get back to Rita's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to... 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, the conclusion of the Rita Branton Classic. I didn't get my daughter back. And considering the life I lived, it was a good thing. I traveled for a while with a bunch of bikers. I still don't know why I wasn't killed then. And I don't mean on the motorcycles. The bars we frequented were nothing but violent. When I was drunk, which was most of the time, I had a very smart mouth and thought I could fight the world. Many times, I came close to being blown away by those bikers. I got serum hepatitis from using a dirty needle. The crazy part of that is that I didn't fire up any heroin. I only wanted to let it appear that way in order to win back my boyfriend from his ex-wife. Once, I was carried off the stage where I had been dancing. The reason? I was bleeding internally and growing weak and unconscious. The doctor had told me not to travel, not to drink, not to try to work, and not to drop pills. I ignored all of it, went to California, and got a job as a waitress. But I couldn't hide it for long. Rita, you have a rough night last night? No rougher than usual. 
You look terrible. Think you're sick? That's what the doctor says, but I don't pay any mind. Oh, you should. Did he say anything about you working? Yeah, that I should find a job that keeps me off my feet. <laughs> and here you are, slinging hash. I'm waiting to be discovered. Discovered? Yeah. By one of those Hollywood agents that hang around this place. Rita, you've read too many fan magazines. You keep going like this, and the only one discovering you will be the coroner. That waitress was closer to telling the truth than she realized. A few days later, while walking with some dishes in my hands, I began to be dizzy. Ellie. Ellie. What's wrong, Rita? The whole room's spinning. I. Oh! oh dear. Look, 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 she's bleeding. Oh, give me a hand. She's unconscious. That's a new girl? Yeah, boss, that's Rita. What's wrong with her? She's passed out and bleeding. That's disgusting. There's blood all over the floor. When she comes to, tell her she's fired. It was a quick way to lose my job. I didn't know what else to do but go home to Illinois. There I teamed up with a new boyfriend who had nothing to offer to the extent we actually were living in his car. Oh, we're gonna have to get us some money, baby. How are we gonna do that? I was thinking, you know that farm implement dealer out on the highway? You wanna work there? <laughs> Absolutely not. I want us to rob it. Farm implement. What are we gonna steal, a tractor? That's the dumbest thing- Not a tractor. They sell chainsaws, power drills, socket wrench sets. It's like a hardware store, only better. And what are we gonna do with the stuff we steal? Drive a hundred miles and sell everything we got. <laughs> I bet we could make quite a bit. I think so. Maybe we should just rob a drugstore. There'd be stuff we'd actually want. Are you kidding? Drugstores are in town and cops keep an eye on them. <sighs> Fine. Implement it is. After robbing the farm implement dealer, the car was loaded full of heavy tools and chainsaws. Our excitement of getting away with the robbery would be short-lived. <laughs> like stealing candy from a baby. No guard dogs, alarms, or cameras. <laughs> you were right. But a bag full of pills would have been easier to carry. Easier to sell, too. Well, now you've got some sweat equity. The light's changing. I got it. Nothing to worry about. <sighs> wow, we just went through it on the red. Relax. There's not a soul around. Oh, no. That cop was watching the intersection. What are you... What are you doing? We gotta get away. They catch us with this loot, and we're done. They'll never catch us. I hope so. Start throwing stuff out the car. What? The stuff we stole. Start pitching it, Rita. They're shooting at us. Uh, duck down! You gotta slow down. We're gonna wreck. You wanna go to prison? No, but I don't wanna wind up dead either. We'll show these pigs how handbrake turn. Hang on. That was the wildest turn I've ever experienced. The car didn't stop until we were out in the middle of a soybean field. My boyfriend jumped out and ran, but I couldn't get my door open. Come out of the car with your hands up! My door's jammed! Then get out on the driver's side! Hurry up! I'm coming! Right now! Just don't shoot! I was jailed briefly. But the case against me was dropped on some technicality. I was free again. Free? No. I was shackled by most of the common sins of the human race. And a few uncommon ones. 
I moved in with my mom, who was patiently putting up with my partying. And I wasn't expecting anything unusual to happen at a party the night it did. Coming! Coming! Manuel, it's great to see you. Come on in. Uh, mucho gusto. Everyone, this is Manuel Carrion. We went to school together. Oh, hey, hello. Hello. How are you? I thought Manuel had just come to have fun. Boy, was I ever wrong. Watching him pull a little Bible out of his pocket. I wondered if he knew where he was and what door he had knocked on. Rita, I wanted to read something to you. It's about a woman like you. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You can't pull a Bible out at a party and start reading to everyone. I don't want to read to everyone. I just found a short passage you might find helpful. <sighs> That's not cool. Let's make a deal, Manuel. You leave now, and later I'll listen to whatever you want to tell me. You mean it? You can come back later. Scout's honor. You were never a scout. Goodbye, Manuel. He did come back. Repeatedly. Sometimes I would pretend to listen, at other times I would hide to avoid seeing him. I certainly didn't want to hear any of that Jesus stuff. Then, on a December day that year, I was poking around the garage with the door raised, trying to find where I'd hidden my stash of drugs, and I realized I wasn't alone. Hey! Manuel! You can't creep up behind people like that! Oh, sorry. Tell me you're not here to read from your Bible again. No, but I have a cassette recording. <laughs> Wonderful. I want to make you a deal. That's how we got into this in the first place. If you listen to this, I promise I'll go away and never bother you again. Never? As in ever? Scout's honor. Right this way. Let's pop in this tape and get it over with. On his way to Galilee, Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He was tired and sat on the edge of the well at the city of Sychar. And well, how long is this guy gonna go on for? Not long. This is the part I wanted you to hear. All right. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Is this Jesus' sermon on water? Just keep listening. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidst thou truly. He talked to a woman who had five husbands? Yes. Now this woman was convinced Jesus was a prophet, since he knew all about her past. She also said to him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Then Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. So she recognized him since he knew everything about her? She did. You see, this was one of the first occasions on which Jesus stated he was the Messiah. And out of everyone, 
He chose to tell it to a woman with a very spotty record as to marriage and morality. It goes to show the love of God is extended to us all. We're all sinners. And that's why Christ died. Place your trust in Christ and your sins are forgiven. God in his grace gives you the gift of eternal life. God is no respecter of persons. All have sinned. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm like that woman. And if God could love her, then he loves me too, right? It's the good news I wanted to share with you. Then that's what I want. I want God to forgive me and offer me the, the well of eternal life. He can, Rita. Christ can. That was the afternoon I believed in and trusted Christ as my savior. I had no idea just how weighed down I was by guilt until that moment when Jesus lifted that burden from me and left me light and free. Rita was made more than just free of guilt. Her very serious lung irritation left her, as did her bleeding ulcers and other ailments. She was delivered from the desire for alcohol, drugs, sexual impurity, and three days later, cigarettes, although she had been smoking five packs a day. Listening friend, Christ extends his invitation to you for forgiveness and eternal life just as he did for the Sumerian woman and Rita. If you desire a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and would like to speak to someone that can help you in this most important decision, call 1-888-NEED-HIM or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. The winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and right here on this podcast next week. Keep an eye out because the following sweepstakes drawing will begin immediately after that. This will be your next opportunity to enter and potentially win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... No! Mama! Who was it? The sheriff! With divorce papers! Your father wants a divorce! How can he do that to us? 
When divorce shattered her parents' marriage, Trudy didn't see her father for more than two decades. Mama, Jeff asked me to marry him. Oh, that's wonderful, Trudy. But who will give you away? It won't be Dad, that's for sure. In time, the hurt subsided, and she saw nothing wrong with the hardness of her heart. I can't go with you. You don't want to be with me? You're the one who left us, Dad. You live your life, and I want to live mine. Don't miss the revealing story of how she overcame the hidden thorn in her heart. What have you decided about visiting your father? <sighs> I guess I better call him. The true testimony of a woman we're calling Trudy. Another true dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in this classic true story of Rita Branton were Angela Morris, Brian Plaharchik, Allison Voller, Kurt Nabing, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Jack O'Dell and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.